rethinking cybersecurity in the wake of the attacks on the computers of a French presidential candidate, and the discovery of a vulnerability that bypasses Oracle database authentication. These stories are more coming up on the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. It's a widely held conclusion, at least among IT security and intelligence experts, that hackers affiliated with Russian President Vladimir Putin attacked computers associated with a campaign of Hillary Clinton last year in an attempt to influence the outcome of the 2016 U.S. presidential election. The FBI and Congress are investigating the matter, including whether any individuals tied to Donald Trump's campaign colluded with the Russians. Now, this past week, the IT security software company Trend Micro issued a report contending that the same hacking group that targeted the Clinton campaign, known as APT28, Fancy Bear, or Pawn Storm, among other aliases, may be active in the French presidential campaign as well. Trend Micro says it found a credential phishing domain that was created to resemble a site used by the campaign of French presidential candidate Emmanuel Macron. Trem Micro says it doesn't know if the Russian group was successful or not to get Macron's supporters to fall for the fishing bait. A runoff election between the moderate Macron and his far right-wing opponent, Marine Le Pen, to choose France's next president will be held on May 7th. But the implications of these hacks go well beyond influencing the results of foreign elections. The tactics purportedly used by Pawn Storm could be employed against non-political entities as well, especially businesses, in order to harm their reputations. It's a new, more dangerous world, and we have to start thinking of cybersecurity differently than we have in the past. Here's Ed Cabrera. He's Trend Micro's chief cybersecurity officer. We live in a hyperconnected world where reputation is critical to companies and organizations. And anywhere you, where you can actually uh, disrupt or damage somebody's reputation, it could really mean dollars and cents or you know elections. I think these are the things that are here to say. Storm is unlike most other hacking groups. Normal cyber criminals often don't like media attention. They often suspend their activities temporarily when their actions are discovered and written about. But Pawnstorm seems to crave publicity. According to Trend Micro, Pawnstorm doesn't slow down at all when its hacking activities are revealed. On the contrary, a lot has been written about Pawnstorm since the fall of 2014, and their activities have only grown in aggressiveness and number. Arguably, I think you would think that they would definitely want to stay quiet and not necessarily draw attention to their activity. But I think it's almost the nature of the type of attack and the shift in tactics. It probably speaks to more what they want their strategic outcome to be. One storm might like the exposure because one of their goals, actually the objective of the Russian government in trying to influence Western elections, is to confuse the public. That's often done by taking embarrassing and perhaps damning information they call through their hacking and then spreading that tainted information through traditional and social media. Confusing the public encourages uncertainty in the electorate, raising doubts about the motives and qualifications of the targeted candidates. That also could be true of businesses. Raising doubts about an enterprise's stability could damage their reputation, resulting in a loss of sales or stock market value. It's not the job of IT security practitioners to stop the spread of damaging and often false information emanating from computers. Their job is to assure the integrity of the data going into the system and not its truthfulness. But the spreading of damning and false information should worry the IT security practitioner. Here's Purdue University's computer science professor, Gene Spafford. Part of it, I think, is going to involve rethinking the way we use systems. 
But there are some fundamental issues about trust that have been exposed that we need to investigate. How we communicate with each other, how we determine what is a trusted source, what is this trusted information. One thing is certain, this new way of thinking about cybersecurity makes the jobs of IT security practitioners more complex. The ISMG Security Report returns after this. Innovation of Information Sharing, presented by Michael Daniel, President, Cyber Threat Alliance, and former White House Cybersecurity Coordinator. That, plus the FBI, DOJ, and more industry influencers at ISMG's Breach Summit in Washington, D.C. Visit ismgcorp.com to register today. Oracle says it has some 310,000 database customers, and those customers are just learning of a vulnerability that has existed since 2013 and could have allowed hackers to bypass the authentication process in some of those Oracle databases. ISMG Data Breach Today editor Matthew Schwartz has been looking into this, and he's here to discuss the attack tool known as PassFreely. Hi, Matt. Hi, Eric. What is PassFreely, and why are we learning about it now? Pass Freely came to light earlier this month when the shadowy group known as the Shadow Brokers released a set of exploit tools and related documentation from the Equation Group. Security researchers believe the Equation Group is the NSA's in-house hacking team, and these attack tools appear to date from 2013. One of those attack tools is called Pass Freely. Security researchers who have been reviewing it say that it is designed to bypass the authentication on Oracle databases, allowing an attacker to do anything they want to the database without leaving a trace. Who has used Pass Freely? Assuming that PassFreely was developed by the NSA, what was also found in the dump were a couple of SQL scripts that were designed to monitor a Swift service bureau. Now, there's about 70 Swift service bureaus. These allow Swift using financial institutions to outsource their Swift interbank messaging network infrastructure. What it looks like is that the NSA was keeping tabs on one or more Swift service bureaus in the Middle East potentially to help it track alleged or suspected payments to terrorist groups or sanctioned violators, that sort of thing. This appears to have been developed as a monitoring tool for the U.S. intelligence community to keep track on who was moving money and why. How does Pass Freely work? Pass Freely is an ingenious tool. The various security researchers I've spoken with say that it is extremely complex. Now, once it's developed, it's not complex to use, but what it's doing under the hood is complex. What it does is it forces a database on an already compromised system. So the attacker would need to get access to that system. And we saw a variety of exploit tools also get released that would have allowed this. For example, targeting an SMB flaw in Windows boxes. The hacker gains access to this box and then is able to access the Oracle database. Using Pass Freely, they can bypass the need to authenticate the database. The tool also can be used to tell the database to accept all incoming connections. The way it does this is not unlike what it looks like when you have what's known as a buffer overflow vulnerability, which is when an attacker is able to force a condition in which they can make arbitrary code of their choosing execute on a targeted device. Here's my Michael Sabo of DB Networks. It's basically a buffer overflow. And at that point, you're getting around all the credentials. You just go straight in. 
once you have currency on that system, you know, you could actually just take everything. But it appears that the strategy was then to go ahead and use the database management system against you. So you're acting as a privileged user at that point and just use the tools and facilities. And we believe they probably did that to stay under the radar. If you went around that whole system, it might set off other alarms. Once you've exploited the database, use the database as a tool to and to stay on it, you know, infinitum, doing whatever it is you're going to do. Obviously, they downloaded records and so forth once they had currency on there. Just to be clear, this is not a buffer overflow. It's more like a buffer corruption. Again, this is a very complex attack. Researchers have told me that the way the tool works is it changes the logic of an Oracle process by changing the process's code and memory. For example, if the database is meant to say, ensure that the credentials are valid before moving on, this deactivates that process and says, move on. What are the implications of pass freely spreading? SWIFT has been the focus of some bank heists, at least a half dozen, possibly more, in recent years. Security researchers say the most active group targeting SWIFT using banks has been the Lazarus Group. This appears to be North Korea or somehow tied to North Korea. What those attackers have done is hack onto a system at a bank that's tied into the SWIFT interbank messaging network, and then they inject fraudulent money-moving messages and attempt to transfer money to accounts they own, and then to launder that money. This is what we saw in the Bangladesh bank heist. Attackers attempted to move a billion dollars and they successfully stole about $81 million. The big worry is Lazarus is extremely sophisticated and pass freely will now give them another tool in their attack arsenal that they could use to potentially steal millions of dollars. In addition, any other hackers who might have their eye on moving tens or hundreds of millions of dollars could also tap pass freely to help them with their attacks. How is Oracle addressing this vulnerability? That's a great question. I've reached out to Oracle for a comment, and as of yet, they've been unable to give me any information. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Eric. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. The International Police Cooperation Organization, Interpol, says it has identified 270 websites across Asia infected with malware that have been used for a variety of cyber attacks. ISMG Security and Technology Editor Jeremy Kirk is here with the details. Some of those websites included government portals that may have contained personal data of their citizens. Also uncovered were 8,800 command and control servers. The findings are the result of a large investigation involving seven security vendors in eight countries, notably including China, whose cooperation has long been sought by Western law enforcement. Interpol didn't indicate if one or several cybercriminal groups was involved. Francis Chan, head of Hong Kong's cybercrime unit, says the operation helped identify types of cybercrime that have not been tackled before in many countries. Indonesia, Malaysia, Myanmar, the Philippines, Singapore, Thailand, and Vietnam were involved. It's unclear if the affected websites have been secured and the command and control servers taken offline, but such international operations are often extremely complicated. Interpol alluded to the bevy of jurisdictional entanglements that often slow down investigations. There's one international treaty that encourages cooperation between countries to battle electronic crime. It's called the Convention on Cybercrime. 
The treaty, which has been open for signature since 2001, sets guidelines for how countries can create anti-cybercrime legislation and set up procedures for working on fast-breaking investigations that cross borders. What has come out of the Interpol investigation is 23 cyber activity reports, which will guide cleanup efforts. Interpol says that the 270 websites were infected with a malware code which exploited a vulnerability in the website design application. The command and control servers are still being studied. The cybercriminal activities spanned a gamut, from phishing websites with links to Nigeria to someone in Indonesia selling phishing kits. Interpol says that person posted videos on YouTube illustrating how to use the software. Trend Micro, one of the companies that aided the investigation, says it provided information on malicious URLs related to illegal goods, hacking groups, underground forums, and child exploitation material. Trend also provided training on how to find malicious servers and helped with the analysis of Sieve's server logs. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chabro. Catch you next time. Thank you.